Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Brain Builders Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John DeWitt, and I apologize for the late start today. We had a little bit of a electrical storm last night here in California, and our uh, internet evidently is not very accustomed to that, so I had to go out and schedule this out in the streets, away from my modem, while it tries to fix itself. But today... We're going to talk some more about Dave Asprey's work and his book, Headstrong, the Bulletproof Plan to Activate Untapped Brain Energy to Work Smarter and Think Faster in Just Two Weeks. And part one is called, It's All in Your Head. So there are dozens of great books out there about brain health and medical professionals who are Dave Asprey's friends, uh, wrote many of them. Headstrong is not one of these books. Sure, you want a brain free of disease. We all do. But what if you want more? What if your goal is not only to have a healthy brain, but also to have a high-performing brain that works better right now and lasts longer than nature ever intended? For years, he quietly upgraded every facet of his brain that he could think of and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it. Then a few years ago, he went public with the concept of biohacking, taking control of your own biology so you can make your body do what you want it to do. The things he learned and the changes he made through biohacking improved his life in all sorts of ways, but what matters most to him is making his brain work as well as possible right now so that he can use it to enjoy his family, do good work, and have a positive impact on the world. And of course, he wants it to keep improving (coughs) over time and last forever. With Alzheimer's and other degenerative brain diseases on the rise, there's a lot of chatter out there about brain health. Our well-meaning health experts tell us to do crossword puzzles and go square dancing to keep our brains healthy, and that's all fine and good. But there is a major factor missing from these discussions. Before a brain actually becomes unhealthy or diseased, there are decades of only so-so brain performance. I apologize for the cars driving by. It's because I have to be outside for this episode. Uh, So let me explain. When he started going to doctors years ago and told them that he wanted a higher level of mental performance, they assured me that his brain was perfectly healthy, chalked up his fatigue and lack of focus to stress, and sent him on his way. But what's the point of a healthy, quote-unquote, brain if it isn't working very well? Would you want to drive a car with an engine that ran only half as well as it was designed to? A lot of the outdated discussions around brain health are based on the idea that we're only as good as the brain we're born with. Either you're sharp, smart, focused, and blessed with a good memory and the ability to learn new information easily, or you're not. It wasn't until later in the 20th century that scientists discovered what's called neuroplasticity. We've touched on that in several other episodes of the Brain Builders podcast. Neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to grow new cells and forge new neural connections throughout your life. Before then, researchers believed that your brain remained static until it degenerated in old age. There are still practicing physicians today, a ton of them, who were taught that in medical school, especially if they're older practicing physicians. That's just you need to make sure they're up to date, which is why my goal is to have at least 500 medical professionals educated on Dr. Bredesen's work, Dr. Amon's work, and the whole idea of biohacking. So this is why the majority of the brain advice that we hear is focused on helping us avoid degeneration 
common advice hasn't caught up with the most recent brain research coming out of medical schools and neuroscience laboratories. But Dave Asprey has. Seriously, it has been his passion for years, and now as the founder of Bulletproof, he creates nootropics, cognitive enhancing substances, and runs a thriving neuroscience institute called 40 Years of Zen that trains high-performance CEO brains, including his own. You have a choice. You can wait a generation before this information hits the mainstream, or you can benefit now. Neuroplasticity and new advances in cellular biology give you the ability to set up your brain for maximum performance by increasing energy production and new connections and reducing inflammation. This is a game changer, people. Game changer. Before he upgraded his brain, he didn't realize how much his brain's performance affected every area of his life. Now, of course, he knew that his brain controlled his thoughts and his conscious mind, but he had no idea that it also controlled his relationships, his moods, his energy level, and even his food cravings. The fact is, it's all in your head. How well your brain creates energy dictates how you will manage your every conscious and unconscious impulse, urge, decision, and desire. Your brain runs the operating system for your entire life, and it's time for a major upgrade. So here we go. Head start, your brain on energy. Think about your smartphone. When you first took it out of the box, it was so fast and efficient, wasn't it? It held its charge for a long time. It performed at its peak. Then you started downloading apps and filling up its memory with pictures and videos. The operating system grew increasingly bloated, and it stopped performing as well. Now it's slower to respond, and the battery is more quickly depleted. Nothing on your phone works as well as it did when it was new. Your brain is not dissimilar, but instead of being clogged with selfies and cat videos, it gets drained by things in your diet and your environment that shouldn't be there. When most people think of toxins, they think of poison. And certainly there are some poisonous chemicals that inhibit brain function, like neurotoxins that destroy or damage brain cells and weaken the body's ability to produce energy in the cells. But there are other less frequently discussed things that he likes to think of as brain kryptonite. These aren't just chemicals. Brain kryptonite includes anything that pulls needed energy away from the brain and into another part of the body. Certain foods, products, and our environment, types of light, and even forms of exercise can weaken your brain. This brain kryptonite doesn't kill you, at least not at first. It just slowly and stealthily eats away at your battery life. Your brain needs a lot of energy to perform well. In fact, the brain uses up to 20% of your body's overall energy. That's more than any other organ in your entire body. So where does it get that energy? Your body makes it. Inside almost every cell in your body are at least several hundred tiny descendants of bacteria called mitochondria. The energy that sustains us is created in these mitochondria, and you'd be amazed at how important they are to the quality of your life. If your mitochondria stopped making energy in all your cells for even a few seconds, you would die. The number, efficiency, and strength of your mitochondria dictates whether or not you'll eventually develop cancer or a degenerative disease, as well as how much brain power you have right now. Who would have thought that these tiny organelles, which are organs inside each cell, were the key to your brain power? The body is amazingly efficient at producing energy and delivering it to exactly where it's needed, but any cell in the body is only able to store a few seconds worth of energy at any given time. The body has to constantly make energy on demand and from one moment to the next. It has no way of knowing what, what that demand is going to be. 
When you go to a job interview, your cells don't know ahead of time if the office is going to have fluorescent lighting that can, slow, can slowly drain your mitochondria's energy. Suddenly, your brain is wasting some of its valuable energy to filter out that junk light, and you're left stumbling over your sentences and grasping for words. Your mitochondria can't keep up with your brain's energy demands. Luckily for you, the prefrontal cortex, which is the higher part of your brain in charge of advanced cognitive function, has the most densely packed mitochondria of any part of your body except for the ovaries. That means that your mitochondria contribute more energy, energy to your brain's performance than your heart, lungs, or legs. Your brain gets first dibs on mitochondrial energy, and your eyes and heart are right behind it in line. When your body has to contend with toxins or brain kryptonite, or if it isn't creating and delivering energy as, as efficiently as it could, the body's demand for energy can exceed the supply. In these instances, you get mitochondrial energy brownout in parts of your body. The first symptom that your mitochondria are, are overtaxed is fatigue. Fatigue is an absolute performance killer. It causes cravings, moodiness, brain fog, forgetfulness, and lack of focus. Yes, most of the things you hate about yourself can stem from brain fatigue. It's not a normal or moral failing. It's an energy delivery problem. When you have limitless energy, you stop needing to try hard to be a good person. You can learn to do it effortlessly because it's what you always would have done if there were nothing in the way. Your body has to make extra energy to get rid of toxins. This means that if toxins are draining your energy, your body becomes less and less efficient at metabolizing and removing them, and you'll have to expend even more energy to get rid of them. It's a vicious cycle that can wreck your performance if you don't do something to stop it. Of course, this doesn't happen all at once, which is a good thing. If it did, you'd die. Some fast-acting poisons like cyanide actually work by quickly stopping mitochondria. The energy drain we deal with on a daily basis is a classic case of death by a thousand cuts. We live in an increasingly toxic world, and most of us eat toxic food. Our lifestyles, including the very same technology that makes us so efficient, also deplete our cellular energy reserves. Each one of these elements takes a little more energy away from your brain and away from your life. Imagine that you're Superman or Superwoman. One day, Lex Luthor pulverizes some kryptonite and sprinkles just a little bit of it around your house. If you eat or inhale a small amount of kryptonite dust, it won't kill you. You'll still be able to push through the day and save people. You'll feel slightly off. In fact, you'll get used to feeling that way and believe it's normal. But as you keep ingesting a little bit more kryptonite every day, your ability to help people will slowly, invisibly decline until your body reaches the point where it's, been, it's spending all of its energy trying to overcome the effects of the poison. If you're anything like um, Dave Asprey used to be, you probably think that these symptoms of brain weakness are natural or perhaps just an unavoidable part of getting older. That's because almost everyone has some of these symptoms, which medicine defines as normal or quote-unquote healthy. That's why normal is your nemesis. It's considered normal to grow increasingly tired and foggy as you age until one day you wake up with dementia, unable to remember the things that matter most. Screw that noise. Wouldn't you rather make it normal for you to get better each year or at least to not decline? Don't you want to feel the energy and focus you had at, at 25 when you're 80? Before I learned that it was possible to increase his brain energy, he thought it was normal to get really pissed off in rush hour traffic, to wake up feeling exhausted after a full night's sleep, to get snippy with the people around him in the late afternoon, to crave sweets after a meal. Isn't that what dessert is for? 
to sometimes lose his train of thought mid-sentence or to walk into a room and forget why he'd gone there in the first place. Maybe you only experience one or two of these symptoms on a regular basis. Most likely, they become so normal to you that you don't even notice them until you start looking. You've figured out how to work around them so you can live your life. In fact, you're probably expending even more precious energy coming up with workarounds so you can still function. But the truth is that none of these symptoms are normal. They are not inevitable, and they are not simply built-in mental weaknesses. There is a way to change the amount of energy being delivered to your brain so that its energy level actually exceeds its demands. Once you learn how to do this, your brain can function like that brand new phone, fresh out of the package, fast, responsive, and highly charged. The three Fs. Why do our brains require so much energy in the first place? The truth is it's an evolutionary imperative. Our brain power is part of nature's plan to help us stay alive and propagate our species. If you were designed a species to live forever, it would need the built-in ability to do only three basic things, all of which are F-words. Fear things, deal with scary stuff in our environment, using our fight-or-flight response. Feed, get energy from food. And the other F-word, reproduce. Our bodies have evolved so that our species can survive just about anything the world throws at us, and our systems allocate energy to ourselves the same way. In the 1960s, neuroscientist and psychiatrist Dr. Paul D. McLean developed something called the triune brain model, a simplified way of looking at the regions of the brain that is useful when we talk about how the brain uses energy. In this model, the reptile brain controls low-level processes like temperature regulation and electrical systems. Every creature with vertebrae has a reptile brain, and this part of the brain is first in line when it comes to energy needs. If you don't get enough energy and nutrients to this part of the brain, you will die. End of story. All mammals share the second brain, which I refer to as our Labrador Retriever brain, because those big, happy dogs are such great examples of animals that bark at most things, eat nearly everything else, and try to mount what's left. Your Labrador brain controls the instincts that keep our species alive and propagating, the three Fs that I mentioned earlier. Your Labrador brain means well. It's only trying to help you survive. The issue here is that the very urges that we were meant to keep us alive can cause massive brain energy problems. That's all we have time for today, but we will go into the rest of that tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. This is Dr. John DeWitt, and you have been listening to the Brain Builders podcast. We will get to you next time and find out more about Dave Asprey's opinions and input on his research on brain health and how to optimize and work smarter and think faster in just two weeks. Have a great day.